Warning, warning. Two intercoms are reading the SCP files over the idiots. Please cover your instructions and await further ears. Go! Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Discovering SCP. I'm your host, Darnell, and this is Tanhany. Are you ready for entertainment dueling? Yeah, I'm Darnell here. This is good. Uncomfortably close to a stereotypical accent here. I'm not trying to do an accent, I'm just saying it how Yuya says it. <laughs> Let's get into it. We've, this is a disaster. What are we talking about? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Welcome to the. We've we've mixed ten bits into like an indistinct mess. You didn't even notice that I called myself Darnell. You called yourself Darnell, and I called you Tanny. We've just abandoned that bit. That one was never, never I saw didn't, life. I didn't, <laughs> I didn't notice. My brain was too preoccupied. Like, all right, what's the next part of the you, your phrase? <laughs> That's all I. Heard what have we done? Year. What is this? The episode's still recording. We got. We have to keep going. Yeah, hush up, Darnell. Oh, right, we, oh, oh, we're doing the bit the now? Episode, the whole episode, you're Darnell, I'm Tanhony. Oh boy, I That's can't wait to, to see some SCPs! That's not what I sound like! Hey Tanhony, hey, who, hey, Tanhony it's, who wrote this me. one? Hey Tanhony, who wrote this one? Crikey, mate, want a biscuit and butter. Hey Tanhony, who wrote this SCP? I'll fucking kill you. Hey Tanhony, who wrote this SCP? <laughs> I don't have the SCPs, Darnell, because you prepared them this week. Uh, I'm, I'm activating this mind swap, so we're back in the no. right bodies now. Oh, yes. Oh, wow. <laughs> wow, that was my crazy. Is, uh, yeah, why was my voice so high-pitched in that body? I think, yeah. <laughs> it's because your vocal cords were incompatible. So all our viewers are gone now. Up, this is an SCP podcast. If you don't know what we do here, um, this is it. Um, so we read SCPs. Um, Darnell doesn't know much about them, but I do. Let's get into the first one. Alright, how many oh, SCPs do we have today? You didn't tell us. Uh, we have four. One, two, three, four. Count Jesus Christ, four. fucking bring your gavel down? What was that? <laughs> <laughs> four! Uh, did I bring a gavel down? Did I, like, hit my thing? I think so, yeah. <laughs> I SCP. was just telling all the viewers how you blew the opening. The first one is SCP-186. Oh, and we're this... going back to Series 1. We are, yes, and this is by Kalanin. So our favourite thing to do when we hit a new series is immediately go back to the last series. Yeah, I guess so. Who's Cal... Oh, account deleted... Oh, wait, no, that's a different thing. It's Kalanin. Page 2. No, Kalanin's account's deleted as well. Sad face. Well, he made a new one. Okay. Well, hello, Kalanin. Let's ready to read your get SCP. right into it. This is SCP-186, and it's called To End All Wars. <clears throat> Why do people delete their accounts on Wikidoc? I don't know. I don't know. Maybe there was some drama. I don't. I'm not familiar with the uh, specifics of the situation. Okay. Item number SCP-186. Object class Euclid. Special containment procedures. The site of SCP-186, comprising an approximately 300 kilometer square area, is to be closed to the public under the auspices of a habitat restoration initiative for the Euro European bison. An automated oh. security perimeter is to be established, monitored by staff at remote site 355. Security. Is auspices mean like a lie? Like that's uh, yeah. the cover story. So we are is not. We are not really restoring the European <laughs> bison. It, okay. it must be made to expel from this world. New, new, new world. New word for my mind. Auspices. Security personnel must patrol SCP-186 every two weeks. Any anomalous phenomena observed within the security perimeter must be documented and reported to the research director. This is interesting to me. It's a Euclid, which means it may or may not break out, but they only ex explore it every two weeks. I'm used to every SCP being like, you need a guy fucking rotating the button every 20 minutes and cycle out every three days. 
So it's like, it's mm. very lax, it seems. All known primary sources documenting the events of SCP-186 have been secured by the Foundation. These materials have been stored in the Site-23 archives. Due to the age of the materials and the potential for deterioration, all access to these documents must be approved by the Site-23 archivist and handled per their instructions. All instances of SCP-186-1 have been secured in the munitions wing of Site-23. 20... Hey, isn't that the big one? Uh, no, that's Site-19. Oh, whatever. So, what do you think so far of the containment procedures? Uh, well, I told you my thoughts. I think it's very interesting that, like, usually they're a lot more, like, rigid in, like, how hard you have to patrol, but they're pretty lax with every two weeks. Mm. Um, seems there's not really a lot to go off of for me to guess what it is, but based on how large of an area it is, I imagine whatever it is, there's more than one of it. So maybe it is some kind of animal or plants or some, some sort of thing where there's multiple of them. Okay. That, or, because if it was one big thing, then it would be hard to be like, this is where we're hiding bison, right? <laughs> That's all I can really gather. The special containment procedures are pretty short and succinct. Right, okay, let's get into it. So, description. Sure. SCP-186 is the site of an unrecorded military engagement occurring from 7-24-1917 to 8-13-1917 between elements of World the Imper Imperial German Army and forces of the Russian Provisional Government as part of the larger conflict of World War One, and the continuing effects resulting from its aftermath. This I can hear all the history fans, like, getting their boners up right now. Yeah, we've got some history news this, this episode. Anytime this... World War One comes up, history people would... <laughs> this conflict came to be known to its participants as the Battle of Hushaten Woods in surviving accounts. I like that. Hushaten. In July of 1917, an armed engagement between a detachment of approximately 500 German soldiers and the remnants of a Russian division scattered during the German counterattack to the Kerensky Offensive took place at the location of SCP-186. The forces met in heavily forested terrain outside the town of Hustain in what is currently Tinopol Oblast, Ukraine. On both sides of the conflict, combatants deployed anomalous weaponry using technology that has yet to be duplicated or understood at present. Oh, weird. This battle eventually resulted in the deaths or permanent incapacitation of all forces involved and approximately 300 civilians in its general vicinity. This, this one's a little weird for me mm. because in as big of a deal as World War One was, it seems weird that anomalous technology would only come up in one very awkward side skirmish compared well, to like a big main battle. Well, we don't know that. Right, I guess. That's true. In the SCP world, maybe they were always using anomalous weaponry and it was concealed. Hmm. I don't know enough about the SCP lore. So, SCP-186-1 consists of recovered weaponry dating from the initial containment of 186 in 1917, and includes the following. A highly modified weapon resembling the Skoda M1909 machine gun, capable of causing extremely rapid tumor-like growths to appear within the body of any organism larger than a common lab rat. Mm -hmm. Mortar shells, specially designed to be fired from a Mortier D58mm Type 2, containing a gas that causes animal cells to become unable to cease life function. So it makes you immortal? Mm, I guess so. I don't know how that's a weapon. Cons you shoot it at yourself. Concertina wire coated with an unknown hallucinogenic compound that permanently affects human test subjects upon entering the bloodstream. Remnants of an unknown incendiary device believed to have been detonated at the close of the conflict, accounting for what is estimated to be 34% of total casualties. Are you telling me that SCPs was the anomalous weaponry was the cause of the Geneva Convention? Maybe. <laughs> War crimes united. British Empire issue number twenty-seven type grenades containing a gas capable of passing through all tested gas mask filtration systems and causing humans to constantly experience the sensation of being on fire. Oh, Jesus. Did you make that one? I did. Yeah. <laughs> 8 by 50 millimeter round French rifle cartridges containing powdered human bone instead of gunpowder. Purpose unknown. Purpose to be spooky. Mm. 
Historical records indicate that the German detachment involved in the Battle of Eugene Woods, at the behest of a Hungarian military advisor named Matras Nemes, specifically pursued the group of Russian forces in retreat, which at the time included French scientist Dr. Jean Durand. Based on documents of the RS since suppressed by the Foundation, it is believed that these two individuals are responsible for the development and limited manufacture of Dash 1, and had attached themselves to opposing sides of the Eastern Front for the express purpose of deployment of these weapons in a combat setting. Oh, we got some logs here. Yeah. So it's a uh, notable anomalies after the fact. So it is the after effects, I guess. I'm going to leave them to you, but if you start to get tired, just popcorn and I'll hop okay. in. So research log 186-7, notable anomalies are documented at SCP-186 for 11-1923. So, so the SCP, rather than one individual thing, is a number of small, yeah. relatively compared to SCPs, anomalous things that all together have created an SCP. Yeah, it's a blanket designation for all the anomalous shit associated with this area and the battle that took place there. So a three kilometer square area in the southwestern portion of SCP-186 experiences a spontaneous die-off of trees. Decomposition occurs on an extremely accelerated time scale, and the area is completely cleared of trees and other plant life within two weeks. Nineteen twenty-seven. Despite temperatures consistently at minus fifteen Celsius, no snow is visible throughout the central portion of site. Temperatures measured at site are consistent with surroundings. Nineteen thirty-two. The sounds of sporadic gunfire are recorded through the site, despite lack of observed presence of any civilians. Sounds persist for three days. Nineteen thirty-six. Agents Chekhov and Blank. <laughs> Failed to return from routine patrol of 186. Agent Michaels? Is that you? <laughs> no subsequent twices of either person have ever recovered. God, I Hold hope on, it was you... fucking Michaels. Did you say twices? No, I said traces. Oh, I thought it sounded like you said twices. So no traces reason. of either person have ever recovered, so I really hope it was Agent Michaels. Yeah, well, <laughs> that's his... he was the other one. <laughs> He's hand traveled back. This is when he died. <laughs> he fucking bit the dust too hard. 1941. Acting in accordance with intelligence sources embedded in the Third Reich, Foundation personnel evacuate 186 in advance of Operation Barbarossa. Subsequent to decommissioning observation posts, faint go visible from 150 meters documented by staff to move through its site. Definitive visual contact unestablished prior to evacuation. I like how it's bringing in the later history as well here. Yeah, that is kind of neat. 1945. Containment of 186 re-established after discussions with Soviet Union officials. Upon initial patrol after re-establishment of containment, 13 corpses dressed in uniforms and insignia of the German 4th Panzer Army, and 27 corpses in Soviet 22nd Army uniforms are discovered in advanced states of decay. No identifications of personnel successful, as all identifying documents and insignia have been removed prior to Foundation containment. Wait a minute, interesting, it says containment was re-established, does that mean they had to temporarily lift it while they fought in World War II? So I guess because, I guess the war was going through there, so they had to move out for a little bit. Yeah, because there was no way to really hide when there's yeah. a war going on, and that's a battle theater. That's actually pretty cool that they brought that up. I like how they have to like negotiate with the new guys who are in the place. So they can re-contain the spooky ones. <laughs> yes. 1959. Yeah. Following the formation of a large sinkhole in the northeastern portion of 186, four men have reserved wandering the immediate area in a state of extreme disorientation, dressed in what are later identified to be severely decomposed and degraded World War I era military uniforms of both German Empire and Russian issue. Subjects detained and routed to Site 23 for subsequent research. 1959 again. After an extensive evacuate excavation of the site of the Northeastern Sinkhole, 23 persons are discovered buried at a depth of 15 metres in a mass grave, alive despite decades of internment and various wounds and injuries. As of subjects discovered earlier, most are dressed in remnants of military uniforms of the World War on era. 
and are presumed to be participants in the original 186 event. Oh my god, that's like 40-some years later. Jesus. Uh, imagine being buried alive for 40 years. No. Extensive research at Site23 yields little information, as subjects are unable to provide any meaningful information or communication to Foundation staff due to extensive psychological trauma and profound mental disorders. Foundation staff attempt to euthanize subjects after three weeks of research, but fail in all attempts. Subjects subsequently tranquilized, anesthetized, and incinerated. They must have been hit by that mortar that makes your yeah. animal cells unable to die. Yeah. Sad boy. 1962. Yeah. Prior to upgrades to containment facilities, security perimeter 186 found to be almost 85 meters longer than originally documented. Inquiry later rules out clerical error as source of discrepancy. Oh, that's spooky. Uh, spooky. 1975. Localized web phenomena documented as occurring entirely and exclusively within 186. These included sustained winds up to 120 km per hour, 20 cm of rainfall, all, and temperatures temporarily reaching 48 degrees That's Celsius. That's a lot of fucking rainfall. Yeah. 1987. Packs of wolves, numbering estimated 200 total individuals, travel to 186, mass at a point in the central region of the site, and immediately disperse. It's like that fucking shirt with the three wolves. <laughs> <laughs> 2009 a stand of three spruce trees observed in the southwestern deforested area the first documented plant life since 1923 event estimated age of trees is 50 years oh that's weird yeah all right so let me now we have a transcript of documents yes. oh these are long holy shit let's get into it so the first Good one luck. is an opinion piece published in the January 2nd, 1912 edition. Oh, uh, did, you, did you miss the flyer? Oh, I did, sorry. A flyer advertising a May 1911 lecture given by Dr. Durand to the Royal Institute of Chemistry. To end all wars, a presentation by visiting scholar Dr. Jean Durand, formerly of the Académie des Sciences, on the promises of modern science to create weapons of such terrible deterrent power so as to render future wars <laughs> obsolete. Tanhoney, when we make an anime voice, this might become a bad stereotype. Tanhoney, when a French person comes <laughs> up. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Durand shall explain the convergence of chemistry, ballistics, alienism, and other emerging scientific fields of endeavor that will enable mankind to usher in a new age of peace and modernity. To begin on the 19th of May, Derbyshire Lecture Hall. Weehaw. Do you want to be the other one? Opinion uh, piece sure published in yeah. the January 2nd, 1912 edition of the Hungarian newspaper Nevsgrava, authored by Matthias Nemes. I'm just going to say right now that I don't even know what a Hungarian accent sounds like, so I'm just going to do a deep voice. <laughs> to my fellow subjects of His Highness Emperor Franz Joseph, truly the greatest of human glories is the unification of a numerous and disparate people into a single unstoppable purpose. That our marvelous kingdom should embody this inescapable principle should go without saying from Vienna to Budapest. But there are those, both within our territories and elsewhere on the continent, that would see us splintered into a thousand shards and stand in the way of our destiny. What is to be done with such agitators and malcontents? While traitors and radicals are hung properly in the manner of the dogs that they are, there is no execution sufficient to quell the embers of treachery that burn in the hearts of the Balkanites. How are we to demonstrate our unity of purpose, our power, our God-given place at the head of the European procession? By force of arms! The hangman can only strike fear into the heart of dozens. A proper army can strike it into the souls of millions. Perhaps we have the numbers, but in this we are not alone. The Russian and the Muslim can rally 
rally hordes to their banners, but for all of their masses are mere unruly nuisances. What sets man apart from the animals is not his numerical superiority, no, but his superiority of mind, demonstrated through quick wit and artifice. My fellow subjects, I have dedicated my life to the construction of such demonstrations of artifice that none may stand against my weapons save the Almighty! It is through the force of superior arms that we will achieve our grand design, both within our borders and without. Give me the factories, give me the manpower, give me the chance to serve our empire through my industries, and I will deliver to the people the flaming sword that will light the way to a civilized Europe. It is through these means, and only these means, that we will solve the questions that plague us today. Wow. I feel pretty good about that. Your move. So the next one is a telegram sent from Jean Durand to Mr. Nemes from Paris, April 28th, 1912. I've considered your proposal. Must decline. Methods inferior and derivative of own research. Your aims are of conquest. Mine are of peace. Regards, J. Durand. Oh, Jean Dur John Durand's voice changed. That's what he sounded like before. No, he was so French before. <laughs> he still is. This is my French accent. <laughs> oh, rip. So undated <clears throat> memorandum from General Felix Graf von... Bothmer of the Imperial German Army to unnamed subordinates. Effective immediately, Lieutenant Nemes is assigned to your unit as an advisor. Experimental armaments are only to be deployed on Lieutenant Nemes's orders. Despite potential for a breakthrough on the Romanian front, unwise to use these ungodly things until more is known of their efficacy. Rumors of similar developments among the Tsarists remain unsubstantiated. I'll do this one. Letter yeah, from Private Piotr Atugov, participant in the Battle of Hushain Woods. Dearest Nadja, I have heard rumors of the madness happening at home. I don't know what country this is meant to be from, so I I'm just doing Russia, my general. <laughs> I'm just doing general accents yeah, here. Based on the name, I'm pretty sure it's Russia. Be comforted that it is nothing like the madness that is happening here. We thought that four years of war had taught us everything we had to know, and then more. We learned nothing. The damnable Frenchman that the men elected to lead them spoke of peace. He spoke of weapons so terrible that we could make the enemy surrender on the spot. We were fools. We had run at trenches with dead men's rifles and sticks in our hand. We believed him the way we believed anyone that had supplies. We never thought where this man came from. We didn't wonder why he had the weapons we did. We didn't care. We wanted to live. We never considered that the enemy had the same things we did. I did not think the Frenchman did either. Well, at least I hope he did not. I cannot imagine any man who would walk into this knowing what would happen. Maybe the Frenchman is not a man. Maybe he is something else. Truest SCP. Evil. <laughs> I am sitting now in a hole I have dug in a forest somewhere. I should have run the second I saw the German take aim at Gilyov. That was not no bullet fired at him. I could not look at him anymore after his face came apart and he was still screaming. I thought I saw hands pulling his head apart. This is double interesting, because a big part of World War One was that that's when we started using weapons like, you know, mustard gas and mm. stuff. That was, like, really the horrors of war. So to take on that and further spin it with, like, anomalous SCP weapons yes. adds, like, a whole new level to that. That's really interesting. Yeah, I like that. It's so, very clever. Somewhere in the distance, Volikov is screaming that he can see devils roasting his children. He has been screaming about the same thing for five days. I should have run away so many times. The Frenchman gave us the new gas weapon. We refused at first, remembering what had happened in Romania. But he promised us that this was different, that it would put our enemies down without harming them. 
Who wants any more bloodshed, he asked us. We, we could not argue with that. We fired mortars at a position ahead of us. A strange blue glass seeped out from behind the trees, but the Frenchman cautioned us against advancing. One more thing, he said. He took one of our rifles and, taking aim, took a shingle shot. Before we could ask what a scientist could know of shooting, we heard a scream. He had hit one of the Germans. He handed me a pair of field glasses. Take a look, he said. I saw the German missing half of his head, still screaming. Oh my I, god. I have seen everything in this war, but I have never seen faces like those of the German fellows as they watched their comrade. The Frenchman, in his terribly calm voice, explained that his shot had to have destroyed at least a quarter of the soldier's brain tissue. Enough to cause instant death, he said. But watch. I kept watching through the field glasses. The German didn't stop screaming. At least ten minutes I watched, unable to move away. The Frenchman smiled. He smiled at this scene. The gas, he said, ensured that death would not come, regardless of injury. The Germans were too horrified by their comrades to notice they were not behind cover, and the Frenchman lined up another shot. The rest of the soldier's head was now gone, and the screaming was replaced by some sort of low grunting, the likes of which I have never heard from man, Jesus. Fuck. No, the Frenchman said. No harm at all. I have bestowed the gift of life on your opponents. Who could possibly stand against that, he asked. I had to leave and vomit- Oh, wait, wait, why did you stop? <laughs> I had to leave and vomit behind some bushes. I had not done that since the first trenches. Who indeed could keep fighting after such a thing? But fight they did. Once a group of us who were ambushed and chased to a meadow. The first men through the trees were hit with something that took their skin. I cannot describe why seeing men blown apart is not as frightening as seeing a neatly flayed corpse on a battlefield, but our group scattered. We are no longer armies, not anymore. We are animals trapped in a forest together, uncomprehending. Sometimes when Volokhov sleeps, I hear the Frenchman in the woods, yelling in Hungarian, yelling and laughing. I would almost rather listen to Volokhov. I am going to die in this hole. I am too scared outside of it to do otherwise. Minkin is going to try to brave the horrors in the woods to escape. I am sending this letter with him in the hopes that he does. As I gave it to him, he jokes that he will get a civil service commission after the war for delivering a letter from hell. I am not certain he is wrong. Goodbye, Pyotr. They don't mention if this letter ever got through or not, but I hope it did. Well, I assume, like, we're reading it, so... Well, it, it, it might, he might have died and it was hmm. found on the court. Yeah, it doesn't mention where they found it. Yeah, but I hope Nadia got it. Sorry I didn't really comment much at the end. It was just, like, so extreme that I didn't really think there was anything I could add besides, like, oh, fuck. Like, that that was damn. I don't normally guns. like um, history-slash-war-related stories. Like, I know some people do. It's just not my cup of tea. But I feel like this one really played more on the narrative of the war and, like, the emotions behind the people in it than, like, a strict, mm. you know, like, a what, who did what, etc. It was very good. I would probably give it a 9 out of 10. Uh, I really liked it. Let me sign into my wiki dot real quick so I can give it an upvote of Nice, nice, nice. Um, I, I yeah, enjoy this one as well. It's a big highlight of Series 1 for me. Yeah, I can't believe we didn't go over this the first time. Well, it, it's in Series 1, but it's more Series 2 in terms of writing, I think. Alright, hang on. And for we are on Season 3. For some reason, it's not logging me in because the world hates me. Yeah, it's wiki.hates you. Yeah, why can't I log in, actually? I keep signing in, it goes through it, and then it says create a counter sign in again. Yeah, I'm not sure. That happens sometimes, but we'll, we'll, do, we'll do it later then. Well, I'll forget to upload We're it recording a podcast on now. Alright, alright, alright. Alright, fine. Sorry, sorry, whatever you knew, Kalanen. Alright, what's the next one? Next one is SCP-2776. 
two seven. All right, we're back to season three, baby. This one is by DJ Cactus, um, and I won't tell you the name yet. I'll tell you okay. when I feel like it. Sure. So let's get right into it. So, so item right. number SCP two seven seven six. Object class Euclid. Special well, containment. This is DJ Cactus, right? I'm double checking yeah. to make sure you're not breaking me again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, DJ Cactus. Wait, oh, Bread's edited this. Our friend Bread. Hi, Bread. Special containment procedures. SCP-2776 is to be contained in a high-security, lead-lined humanoid domicile at Area 11. George Washington. No fewer than four heavily armed security personnel will be stationed outside the domicile. In the event right. of an attempted breach of containment, security personnel to first activate, activate the Wens-Newton electromagnet located beneath the domicile. You still hear me? Yeah. Alright, I'm looking at this picture and I think this is George Washington, which is why you didn't want to tell me. If SCP-2776 managed to disable the device or leave its area of influence, security personnel to attempt to subdue 2776 using Class 3 live shock charges. Jeez. Should the SCP manage to escape the confines of the primary containment structure, security personnel are authorized to apply lethal force to prevent a full breach of containment. Would that involve neutralization? Me when someone tries to cut down an apple tree. <laughs> You know, I've already seen the Washington SCP because I've listened to the Washington song from Brad Neely. <laughs> In order to prevent any attempts at breaching containment, SCP must be made to believe the following information, regardless of whether or not it is true. 1. The United States of America exists as a free democracy. 2. Great Britain, its citizenry, or any party originating with its borders does not pose a threat to the safety and stability of America or any of its assets. Nice. 3. The French Republic exists and is not threatened by the United Kingdom. Failure to ensure that the SCP is not exposed to anything that contradicts the information above will activate it and likely result in a containment breach. <laughs> I love Cactus. He always seems to make... Like, his SCPs are fun to begin with, but now he's made one that I'm invested in. Because you know me, I'm a big George Washington fanboy. Okay, so description. The SCP is a humanoid automaton bearing the aged likeness of deceased senior British Army officer George Washington, which held the office of President of the United States from April 30th, 1789 to March 4th, 1797. What a fucking line. <laughs> <laughs> For more information about the origin of the SCP, please see addendum-3. So we noticed that it was not who held the office of president, it was which. So uh, <laughs> I will tell you the title now, it is Mr. called Mr. So are president. are telling you that Washington was a robot? That is exactly what they're telling you. Epic. And it, so this one, this article is called Mr. President. <laughs> <laughs> so... The SCP consists of several features which fit the technological capability of the time during which it is believed to have been created, including a crude iron skeleton, wooden support struts, glass eyes, and mid-18th century dental prosthesis. However, the SCP also consists of many additional highly advanced features, such as a smooth carbon-based based skin layer, kinetic weird carbon-based base. Yeah, kinetically resistant armoured plating within the chest, a small fusion reactor to supply power to the assembly, and the currently unknown information processing unit within the skull made entirely of graphene. The outer flesh of the SCP, as well as the hair and nails, are all organic and are resistant to decay. Ooh. The primary mechanical driver of the SCP is an electric motor situated in the upper chest cavity, but power can be directly administered to any of the SCP's faculties from the nuclear core by way of superheated wiring that interacts in some way with an unknown mechanical system within its skeleton. Right now, my first thought is, has he always been a robot, or was he made a robot at some point so that he could exist forever? Maybe. So this is believed to be the main driving power behind most of its anomalous capabilities, but due to the sheer power output it's capable of during activation, it's believed that power must be originating from another source within the SCP. 
research into this is ongoing. He's so powerful. Source patriotism. <laughs> the SCP has two primary modes of operation. The first is a low energy default mode, wherein the SCP expends relatively very little energy and exhibits signs of sapience and sentience. The SCP believes that it is George Washington, born in Virginia, British America, and was at one point the Commander-in-Chief of the Continental Army and later the President of the United States. The SCP is unable to justify its autonomic makeup, saying that it has always been this way. <laughs> the secondary mode of operation, a high-energy mode, oh, is, is activated only when the SCP encounters information that contradicts the three pieces of information presented above. While in its activated mode, SCP data expunged. See so, addendum you... 4. <laughs> Have you ever seen those, like, Indian animations of, like, the guys turning into tanks and planes? Fucking <laughs> <laughs> Tokyo Ghoul music blaring. Yeah, Tokyo Ghoul if he plays and George Washington turns into, like, a fucking laser cannon. So, Discovery. SCP-2776 was first discovered during a 2007 raid on a Marshall Carter and Dark distributor, so I don't believe What's we've Marshall, run Marshall in... Carter and Dark? So that's, like, the British group of interests. They're, they're like, mm -hmm. the super rich boys who sell these SCPs to wealthy collectors. So that's you. Yeah. Nice. Acting out of Roanoke, Virginia. During the raid, several documents were uncovered describing the existence of a dangerous anomalous object located in Fairfax County, Virginia. Merrill Task Force Beta 24, Pioneers, was dispatched to secure the object located below the Fairfax campus of George Mason University. Whoever names all these task forces has a sense of humor. Yeah. Below is an expert of the MTF field report. Why don't you take it from there? Okay. ha 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 in the back of the facilities building, we found a covered access shaft, no wider than half a meter or less. We measured the depth at about ten meters and descended in single file. The walkway tunnel below was tall enough that we didn't need to crouch, but not wide enough to stand side by side. As we approached the end of the hall, Thomas noted that there were several side tunnels which looked to have been collapsed at some point. There was a gas lighting system in place as well, but it looks inoperable. Looked inoperable. Another note, Thomas can easily be a normal name, but also Thomas Jefferson Hart. Wow, it's him. See, it's it's little tiny details that he adds in, I think, that make Cactus articles so much fun to read. Like, they all really mesh well. <clears throat> At the end of the hall was a single door with three sliding bolt locks about as thick as my arm. The door was made of iron. The bolts themselves were rusted shut, so we had to wait to get a torch down to cut through it. Once we did, we opened the door to the room he was in. It wasn't any bigger than a standard containment cell here, maybe a little higher. Furnishings were scarce, but it was homey. Walls were paneled wood and papered. Floor was hardwood. A carpet, a small bookshelf, and a nightstand. A few gas lanterns, and him laying on the bed. Might as well have been dead to the world. Didn't move an inch when we walked in. He was hooked up to this machine through these big copper pipes. Really steampunk. Definitely didn't fit the appearance of the rest of the room. As we were setting up lights in the room, Avery tripped on one of the pipes and jarred it loose. He woke up when it disconnected. None of us recognized him at first, you know, because he doesn't really look like he does in the pictures. He introduced himself, and we thought he was full of shit. I didn't even believe it until I saw the stuff they pulled from the raid. And even now, I'm still not sure. Whatever he is, he was down there for a long time. After a quick status check and rundown, we got him moved out to a secure vehicle and shipped to Site-23. He was cooperative the whole time, didn't say much. Didn't seem very sure about the car, but we assured him he was fine. Interview. Right, I, really I can tell which one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so the following interview took place shortly after it was processed by containment specialists at Site 23. Good afternoon, sir. And to you. Do you know where you are? I do not, though I find that I must not know many things after all I've seen today. Did the men you spoke to earlier say anything about what we do at this facility? They used the word containment liberally. I assume this is a prison? 
no, no, not a prison. More like a laboratory for research. Am I a subject? For the time being, yes. Do you know what year it is? I... I believe it was December. Yes. I was ill, and the physicians were... I, I believe Martha was there as well. Where is she? Some time has passed since your reported death, I'm afraid. Two hundred years. Are you alright? The Lord should have taken me. I remember feeling the life leaving my body. I spoke for the last time, and then the darkness. I do not understand. Alright, so this supports my theory that he became a robot after the fact. During our initial inspection, we noted several abnormal parts of your physiology features that were not, uh, human. It is possible that a malfunction of your power supply activated some kind of emergency power reserve system, gave your internal mechanisms time to repair. What? Power supply? Mechanisms? Speak now. What are you implying? You are, uh, as far as we can tell, animatronic. A machine. This. But Martha, she never... SCP. Another theory, Martha made him a robot because he had a kid, so he can't have been robot all along. So SCP does not respond to further questioning. It remained unresponsive through the remainder of its processing examinations and only began speaking again upon reaching containment at Site 70. Oh, damn. So recovered documents. Oh, there's a lot of these, and there's more addendums. No. We... I... Oh, man. So all the following right, documents are recovered during a raid on the Marshall Carter and Dart distributor in Roanoke, Virginia, United States. So I'll do the first one, and you can take over. See, I understand your concerns, and my fellows in Boston share them. We do simply lack the firepower to mount any kind of assault, domestic or foreign, with any chance of success. This much is certain. Through my communications with E.H., as mentioned in our previous correspondence, there's a gentleman in my colleague's acquaintance who may prove invaluable to our cause. He is a professor of the sciences and is working on no small number of truly remarkable projects. I've advised my colleague to seek his counsel immediately, and we can begin discussions with him once we have an agreement amongst ourselves. I await your reply. Jay. Mr. Tulliver, as we discussed before, it is imperative for the sake of a believable product that I am supplied with the likeness of one who would most fittingly take up the mant mantle you are intending the machine to hold. This is the most imperative step, as a... Hang on, sorry. As a misstep here will ruin any credibility the final product has. The final decision is yours, of course. The apparatus can be modified to fit whomever you choose. However, if I were to make a recommendation, there was a young officer from Virginia who was recently taken ill after combat at the Monongahela. Yes, I knew it! This is also really interesting because if you remember, I told you George Washington kind of screwed up his first command. So once he was replaced by a robot to be so MLG would make sense. Mm -hmm. If I am not mistaken, it is believed he will not see the month's end. A tragedy, no doubt. But a young officer with anti-imperial sentiments is a fine basis to start with. The officer is one George Washington, and he serves with General Braddock in the Ohio country. I remember General yeah. Braddock. I killed him in Assassin's Creed Freak. <laughs> you must reach him before he passes, and ensure that he drinks the preparatory tea on- So it is the original George just made robotic like Inspector Gadget! And drinks the preparatory tea I am sending along to you in this correspondence. This will ease his passing and ensure that the vital instruments of his being remain intact. Once you have a corpse, remove it in silence. None must know of his passing. Pack him in the manner I have explained and have it sent to me on the next ship bound for France. I will do the rest. You will need a wife upon his return, someone you can trust to maintain him. Martha! <laughs> his wounds will not hurt him, but they will be visible. She will need to understand his inner mechanisms and be able to make adjustments to them as needed. I have one such woman in my employ, and I'm willing to have her accompany him back to Virginia. 
He will also need an estate where he can go to be in private. He will be your battlefield commander and inspire confidence within your numbers, but he cannot be seen publicly, for we risk shattering the illusion if he is inspected upon too closely. It will be preferable in this estate if this estate is near a river for other mechanical reasons. I will accompany him when he returns as well. See to it that the preparations are made, and you will have your commander. Yours truly, Durant. Who's Tolliver? Was he a real figure? I uh, know, but do you remember from the last SCP, John Durant? I do remember. He made John Joshua. Durant? You bastard! The French man. <laughs> He's been around forever! All I can find for Tolliver is a basketball player. That's pretty cool, though. His name's Anthony, just like you. Wow. See, I have seen him with mine own eyes, and he is glorious. No less of a man than I have ever beheld, even upon close inspection. The man Duran did not lie to us. This is our general, and our king if need be. He resides now within his estate at Mount Vernon with his wife, the woman Martha who accompanied Duran from Fence. She is a woofing of wonder herself. I have never seen a woman so adept at handling the intricate manners of machinery as she. I suspect she may have assisted Duran with the assembly of our Mr. Washington. So is Durand a reoccurring figure like throughout history? Uh, I, I don't know any other articles he's in but these two, but I guess he can be. The, uh, the, 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 time, theory, yeah. the time is coming soon when we'll need to begin. I've spoken to Benjamin and he sports and move forward. Contact the Philadelphia men and we may begin putting the wheels in motion. It's interesting if he's never been brought up before that Cactus still had the insight to pull from a, a, a one-off article and add to that. Mm. Very cool part of the wiki. Like I said before, is taking other people's things and running with them. Excuse me. Oh, sorry, it's me now. Yeah. Mr. Tolliver, your fears are unsubstantiated, I am happy to report. I know these early losses may be difficult to take, but they are necessary to deliver a believable outcome. A landslide victory resulting in few American deaths is preferable, yes, but unbelievable. And this is the more important thing. Do not forget it. If the tides of battle turn away from you, do not be concerned. Mr. Washington will not lose the war, and you will have your independence. Yours truly. Like, How much did they have to pay Durant for this? I, I, I hope he got his money's worth. And you know what's double super mega interesting about this? Mm, I like the implication uh, that Washington could have won the war solo. <laughs> as, as you know, uh, America asked France for a lot of help during the Revolutionary War. And it's interesting that this doctor is a Frenchman. Mm. So, truly, the, 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 the strings of fate have woven themselves. Right, let's get into the incident report. Oh god, there's, there's so much more. So on February, oh. so we might have just free this episode now that I think about it. Just yeah, to... because we're already almost an hour yeah. in. This is crazy. So we, on February 15, 2009, at 09.46 local time, a distress signal was received from the isolated Site 70. Mobile Task Force Alpha 19, Romeo and Juliet's, was dispatched <laughs> to assist in containing what was believed to be a possible breach of containment. At 10.12 local time, an updated distress signal was received containing images of destruction, an estimated body count, and a general request for additional aid. MTF Alpha 30 and Gamma 10 were both mobilized from sites 19 and 23 respectively. At 11.32 local time, MTF A19 reported live combat with an unknown entity. Mr. President, please! No! MTF A19 continued to report live combat for another hour until MTF G10 arrived. Of the 15 members of A19, only three survived. MTF G10 arrived and, with the assistance of Earth Superiority, managed to bring down the unidentified entity which had, at this point, leveled Site 70 and caused the death of no fewer than 85 researchers. Was this secu- Washington that did this? <laughs> Fucking Giga Washington. Was it Giga Washington, 20 feet tall, made of radiation? Wow. It caused the death of no fewer than 85 research and security staff members, as well as Jeez. the majority of MTF A19. 
Shortly after the arrival of MTF A30, how many fucking <laughs> Tokasas forces did they have to get in here? Oh my god. It was discovered that the entity in question was SCP-2776, which was shortly moved to maximum security containment to await further processing. What caused him to go apeshit? An investigation into the brief of each containment was launched, and was discovered that the SCP first began to show abnormal behaviour after watching a television programme describing a recent buyout of an American telecom company by a British media company. <laughs> No, it, he saw the British version of The Office, and he was like, no. Hold on, that's different, though. <laughs> its internal temperature immediately spikes to 400 degrees Celsius and began to emit massive amounts of gamma radiation from its core. Oh my god, it literally was 20 feet tall made of radiation. <laughs> it then the song was right. I told you I listened to the song, I knew the SCP, and it was right. I don't know if Cactus did that on purpose and he knew about it, but either way, that makes me so happy inside. It then underwent a series of physiological changes. A series of high-powered energy-emitting devices, which until then had been located within the entity's arms, burst through the skin. The entity's back opened to reveal an incinerating weapon, and the side of the face opened to reveal some kind of gas vents that began propelling a thick white oh, smoke. I literally became a laser cannon. The SCP then began to move along a path which trajectory analysis concluded would lead it to London, England. No, don't kill Tim! And met all resistance to its approach of lethal force. Imagine turning on the news, it's like, George Washington is a robot and he's on his way. Can you believe you almost died 11 years ago? Yeah. Individuals who approached the SCP were either caught in the range of its energy-emitting devices or incinerating device, and those who grew too close would succumb to effect the effects of the white gas, which appeared to coat the individuals in a fine layer of liquid mist. Biological material covered in the mist did not seem to be able to cease life functions until the mist had dissipated. Imagine if he had gone that form during the Revolutionary mm. War. <laughs> that was the cheap one. <laughs> King George. Well, you don't know what robots the British had, though. <laughs> Oh, that's true. The king, like, <laughs> throws off his robe. He's like, General Grievous, he's got six more arms. <laughs> Becomes fucking Gurren Lagan. <laughs> he gets out his Mecca to fight him with his fists. Yes! I love it. It was late. that video. It was later discovered that one of the energy-emitting devices was designed solely to cause cancer in biological subjects that pass through its area of influence. This is Damn. using some of the uh, weaponry used in World War One, I, I guess. Oh, wow. The effects of this were only discovered during autopsies of afflicted individuals, as the subjects in question did not live long enough for their condition to develop. <sighs> After the events of February 15, 2009, the SCP was moved to its current location at Area 11. On-site personnel have noted significant change in behaviour since it was initially activated, as it no longer attempts to socialise or communicate with researchers in any way, unless questioned directly, and does not address Foundation staff unless to request food, water, or able for study, the latter of which has been denied. Why would they deny him a Bible for study? He can't let Robo Washington find out about Jesus. We don't want religion in our Robo Washington. So, and now another interview. Alright. Now Do I have to be evil Washington. Do you know anything about your abnormal physiology? You need to speak up. I said, do you know anything about your abnormal physiology? What? Must make safe this great democracy. Who built you? And the rivers will run red with the blood of patriots. Defenders. We're getting nowhere of this. Can we get someone in there with a. For so long as I draw breath, 
the empire on which the sun never set shall not hold authority over this great nation. A nation of... SCP-2776, you are risking termination if you're unable to cooperate with us further. Who created you? Laws, not kings. Somebody get down there and see if we can't convince him to cooperate. And by the grace of God Almighty, I will be the law. Oh my god, they erased the Washington we know and loved. He's evil Washington now. <laughs> he became Dark Yuya, but Washington, Dark <laughs> Washington. My name is actually Washing T. Un. <laughs> <laughs> like a fucking One Piece character. So, yeah, so what do you think of this one? Oh, 11 out of 10. I love it for many reasons. As you know, I love George Washington. I also love Dr. Cactus the way he writes. I love all the little references and the style of the writing. It's just... All of it comes together so brilliantly. It was extremely long. I'm not a fan of longer SCPs. I feel like they drag on, but it was really good. I really desperately want to upvote it. I'm so pissed that I can't log into my wiki account for some reason. So please remind me to do it later, but this deserves way more than 253. It deserves at least 500. It's brilliant. Nice, nice, nice. Yeah. What about you? What's your thoughts? I like this one as well. I like. I really like historical SCPs with lots of like, cool take on history. It's weird. I usually hate history stuff. Maybe it's just because my friend that's super into history always sends me boring history crap. But, like, I've enjoyed both the SCPs so far a lot. So, yeah, this wasn't intentional why I put this together, but I guess it's a history-themed episode. Because <laughs> the next one is also historical. Alright. And we'll try to do four, like we said, but if this one goes really long, I think this I'm going to cut it. This one is going to go long. <laughs> oh, no. This one is SCP-2264, In the Court of Alagada, it's called. And it's by I keep hearing about Alagada. What's that? So we've heard it mentioned before in the Hanged King's Tragedy. That was the city yeah, in the play. Right. Oh god, this is a really fucking long article. Let's get into yeah, it. This is our last one for I today. I don't know if I have the stamina. I'm the one who fucking reads it. What do you mean? Alright, alright, alright. <laughs> you know what? Fair. Item number SCP-2264. Don't you talk to me about stamina? <laughs> I read two sometimes a little bit. Object class Safe. <laughs> Special containment procedures. Due to the unavoidably public nature of the building housing SCP-A, security measures are to focus on preventing civilian access to Anomaly's entrance. I don't know if I said this. This is by Metaphysician, by the way. This is by who? Metaphysician. Metaphysician. All right, and uh, you said this is called the Embassy to Alagada? It's called In the Court of Alagada. Oh, my bad. The Foundation is to cooperate with the Government of the United Kingdom in concealing the existence of Dash A. A hidden Ooh. passage to Dash A has been constructed and remains its only means of access. The original entrance to the room where Dash A is located has been walled over, ensuring that only authorised personnel have access to it. Operatives have been reassigned and replaced monthly due to the threat of psychological addiction to SCP-B. You ever just get addicted to the court life? Yeah. To be fair, have you ever played? If you've ever played CK2, that's very reasonable. <laughs> and we have very a picture tempting. here as well. It says Martin Tower, Tower of London. So, Ooh, is that a real building? Yeah, it's the Tower of London. Thanks. I didn't know London needed the tower. So that's you guys it. already had the eye and Big Ben. No, the tower is where we threw the criminals forever. Well, the criminals, they say, like, the royalty forever. <laughs> until they died. Nice. Epic. Dash A is a door composed of iron located within a hidden chamber beneath Martin Tower, a part of the Tower of London, with a footnote here, also known as Her Majesty's Royal Palace and Fortress. The, Epic. The gateway cannot be unlocked through traditional means, requiring a highly ritualized process. Attached to Dash A is a complex apparatus composed of alchemical tools such as alembics, retorts, and a crucible. Based on journals found within the hidden chamber, SCP Dash A, uh, and it, there's a footnote here, frequently referred to in notes as a Janus Gate, 
Janus is the Roman deity of beginnings oh. and transitions, thereby associated with doors, doorways, gates, and passages. I was just about to say I know that name. Janus, not Janus Gate. Yeah. Janus Gates, I believe, were mentioned in the factory SCP we read. Well, that's interesting to me because they used to play Smite and that was his ultimate as he made a gate. <laughs> wow. That's my epic mythological knowledge. And it's so that is presumably the creation of Henry Percy, 27th of April 1564 to 5th of November 1632, the ninth uh, Earl of. Like his whole life. Yeah, the yeah that was that's his lifespan. He <laughs> gave it. Imagine spending your entire life building a fucking tower. Wait, no, that's that's, a... that's not that's not how long he took building that. His lifespan. Oh, oh, that was just his <laughs> lifespan. Yeah. Yeah. You're, like, you're like, wow, that's like his entire life. I'm like, yeah. This is the final brick, and he fades away like spider. He died when he was a baby. <laughs> Yeah, and then, and then like he just turns to dust. Like I don't feel so good, Mrs. Queen. Ninth Earl Earl of Northumberland, an English English aristocrat, alchemist, and long term prisoner within the Tower of London. Wait, he built the thing he became a prisoner in. Well, no, the he didn't build the Tower of London. Oh, oh, based on journals found. I'm stupid. Never mind. Despite his incarcerated status, the Earl maintained a degree of influence, said to enjoy a comfortable lifestyle, and allowed access to books and research materials. He was known as the Wizard Earl due to his extensive library and interest in the scientific and occult. You laugh, but this is a real... He's also called the Wizard Earl due to his ability to cast magic missile. <laughs> you laugh, but he's this is a real historical person. <laughs> was he called the Wizard? Probably. The Wizard Earl, probably. The Wizard? Metaphysician yeah. does his fucking research. When orcs come near... And we've, got, um... we've got a painting of him, too. <laughs> I am also known as Gandalf the Grey. It is considered possible that others within Percy's circle of associates were involved in the creation of 2264-A, including John Dee, famed alchemist and court astrologer of Queen Elizabeth. John Dee is a familiar name to me. Was he in Fate on uh, the server that we, we were on? Yeah. The School of Night, footnotes. <laughs> Just brushed over there. A secret society interested in the study of science, philosophy, and religion. Members were suspected of atheism at the time, not only considered blasphemous, but an act of treason and anarchy. Was the School of Night a real thing? Or Probably. Of which cool. Henry Percy was supposedly member to, may also have had involvement. We have a journey of Henry Percy, the Wizard Earl. <laughs> Dreddo. Right, are... We will confront the Dark Knight of the Soul. The pineal gland will be freshly extracted. Fire evokes the shadow within. Albedo. Wash aroint the impurities. Rain cleanses all sin and prepares the soul for Elysium. Divide, not as dictated by the rigors of harmony, but rather into two opposing principles to be later coagulated to form a unity of opposites. I love how it's like spelt in Old English, yeah. too. This is really, really good. Citrinitas. Victory coincides with the yellowing of the lunar consciousness. Moonhex! The white surrenders <laughs> no, to dawn. Moonhex. The traveling lamp slays the moon. Rubedo. The fool that hexes the moon will be punished by Apollo. Red eludes. Instead, surrender upon their apparatus a sanguine sacrifice. Alright, metaphysician's the author. You said that before. I'm yeah. Found. A foundation alchemist was consulted. <laughs> the instructions are roughly comparable with the magnum opus, a four-part process employed in the creation of the mythical philosopher's stone. Replication of the procedures requires human souls. It doesn't say that. <laughs> How much does a human soul cost, Edward? <laughs> To request to this request... information, please contact the Department of Alchemical Studies. Yeah. Awesome. Through still undetermined means, a mechanism with dash A responds to the completed solution, causing it to unlock and open, allowing access to dash B. Oh shit, what's dash B? I'll, oh, I guess I'll tell you. <laughs> dash B is an extra-dimensional city which does not correspond to any known location, earthly or otherwise. 
Objects that originate from within Dash B will dematerialize if brought through Dash A. Oh, that's cool! So you can't even ever tell anybody about what you found. Mm. Such objects have later been found returned to the site of their initial removal. Those who enter Dash B report having all personal belongings removed and their clothes replaced. Manifested outfits are said to resemble those worn at masquerade balls, most especially those associated with the Carnival of Venice, and will dematerialize upon exit of Dash B. Is, what if this is just one extremely elaborate magical prom theme? Wow. Masks <laughs> cannot be removed while inside Dash B, but the rest of the attire can be discarded if one chooses to do so. The majority of Dash B inhabitants are dressed and adorned in a similar fashion. Agents have reported a somewhat organic quality to their costumes, frequently describing it as chitinous. If you don't know, that's like insect yeah. shell. Like... Also, I love masks cannot be removed because that would grant them the power of persona. Ah. The most common inhabitants of Dash B are roughly humanoid and have since been classified as Dash 1. The sky has been described as yellow and containing an indeterminate number of black stars, corresponding with no known or even hypothesized constellations. Buildings are shaped in such a manner so as to suggest them being carved from a single seamless material. Black, white, yellow and red are the only colours to reportedly occur within Dash B. Architecture is non-Euclidean and the normal laws of gravity do not apply. I know Euclidean is a math term, but what is that again? Uh, I don't know, really. Right. I just know it means it's, it's fucky. So this may be caused by multiple gravity wells within the city, but this cannot be directly measured. Okay. Thus, inhabitants can be observed as climbing a stairway upside down, but based on their own gravity source, they are climbing normally. That's so weird. The city has been described as having the odour of dried flowers with a hint of mould, or a scent not unlike that of old books. Wizard City? The actual size of the city has been difficult to measure, but it appears to be located on an island surrounded by a black ocean. The composition of the liquid is unknown, but described as appearing more vicious than I'm water. I'm going to imagine it's ink, given the whole book theme. Mm. A oh. sea of ink. Also, this has only been called Dash B. It doesn't have a name yet, right? No. I'm calling it Wizard City. Operatives have reported a hypnagogic malaise while exploring yeah. Dash B with difficulty estimating time and space. Although Dash B is a tangible location and not considered to be an actual dream, those who had a history of lucid dreaming have shown far greater self-control and attention to detail than those who did not. Operatives are to be reassigned and replaced monthly due to the threat of psychological addiction to Dash B. Oh, it's addicting because it's so epic to be there. Everyone loves Wizard City. Initial efforts at exploration resulted in eight AWOL operatives, with those that returned having difficulty describing what they observed in a coherent and or detailed manner. So we've got several exploration documents here. First deployment, second deployment, and then yeah. there's information restricted to level four personnel and above. Yeah, let's just go. For it. It. Uh, all right, exploration report. Uh, first deployment. This is Doctor Calizito Navarez. Yeah, good luck. This looks long. Can you if do you the? If I do like... the first one, can you do the second one? <laughs> Let me look how long the second one is. So, yeah, I'll do you, the second. You one. fucker. <laughs> I mean, if you get tired, popcorn me, but these are fucking long. Okay, so the almost hypnagogic nature of Dash B has led many to observe it as a dream or hallucination. Failing to... I'm just gone to accent here. It's not even from any country, it's just accent. You just have to keep yourself entertained. Failing to fully recognize inherent verisimilitude. Verisimilitude. And I, mean, I learned that word recently, but I have to re-look it up because I'm an idiot. But hold on. It's the appearance of being yeah. true or real. Oh, hold on. Sorry about that delay, everyone. Um, just brief interruption. Let's get back into it. Where were we? Uh, what delay do you mean? Hmm? Mm -hmm. What delay do you mean? Well, I, we could have quit it seamless, but now we keep going. 
<laughs> whatever. Uh, well, where were you at in this? Like, yeah, still fact, the first yeah. paragraph, right? A lucid dream and an experienced user of hallucinogenics, I, Dr. Calixto Navares, was well chosen for this mission. My comrades quickly surrendered to the anomaly, engaging in the decadent pleasure of the city, most especially within the palace. Wizard City! Tempting as it was, I did not join the others in their rapturous orgy. Why I... Why would a prison tower have had this, like, epic place, though? Because he made the door to it. But why would he make the door to it? Like, this was supposed to be a prison, you said. Well, the Tower of London's a prison. Yeah. Well, he's but... in prison, he made a cool door to a nice city. Oh, while he was a prisoner, he made the door. Yeah. How do you get the materials to do that when locked up? Well, I guess he, they did say he had all the research materials and stuff he wanted. Yeah. So he's in prison. <laughs> Quote, unquote. I would suggest interviewing those who had previously entered Dash and B again. It's, it's unlikely they've gone into all the details. When allowed a chance to directly control a dream, so many claim they would fly or visit the stars. These people are liars. Most Jews surrender to the ecstatic delirium of sexual pleasure. Yeah, hands up, my brothers. <laughs> Did you just high-five yourself? <laughs> well, you weren't going to high-five me through the microphone. I wasn't going to high-five you anyway. <laughs> Again, this is not a dream, but I'm able to understand why most are unable to perceive the difference. I am reminded of the legend of the Hassassins, how the leader supposedly drugged and led his recruits into his castle. Within was a pleasure garden that rivaled any imagined paradise. The individuals truly believed they were offered a taste of the divine. Dash B works in a somewhat similar way, but I do not believe that is the reason for its splendor. I doubt it is intended to be a trap. It is simply a city, although certainly a majestic city unlike anything I had ever encountered before, but one that happens to exist outside baseline reality and does not entirely conform to the physical rules we are used to. I have made significant discoveries while exploring Dash B. Popcorn. Um, one. Universal translation of language. While most of the agents perceived the inhabitants as speaking English, I heard them in my native tongue of Spanish. Even those of my team, when communicating with me directly, appear to have been speaking Spanish within the anomaly. I've discovered that this is also applied to written language, but not quite as accurately. Am I mimicking your voice well? Yeah. Okay. <clears throat> written words initially appear as alien shapes, most of the symbols having a somewhat spiral-like pattern. If one continues to directly observe the symbols, they will begin to blur and alter until some level of translation has manifested. However, there do appear to be limitations, and it seems that some words native to SCP-2264-B have no equivalent in any human language. The words appear to move on paper, and prolonged exposure can easily result in nausea and headache. 2. The true name of SCP-B is Alagata, a city-state said to border the Nevermint. Uh, there's a footnote here, uh, meaning remains unknown. So we know Alagata has something to do with the, uh, the Hanged King's tragedy, which is interesting, uh, implying it's some sort of otherworldly play or piece. I was able to gather much of this information from the wandsman of Kulmanas, a scholar, a scholar and foreigner like myself. Sorry, I I hate to interrupt myself so soon, but I kind of want to go back on the dates of Hanged Hangman's tragedy because I know they had dates for when it was discovered, and see if they coincide with this guy's lifetime when he built this portal. I don't believe so, but we'd have to go out to it. That's a shame. Uh, they wore a beaked mask and exquisite robes cloaked their hunchbacked form. Their hands were scaly. Uh, more avian than reptilian, with black talons. They unfurled a scroll before me, said it was a map of the multiverse, layer after layer of endless spirals. I sense an oncoming migraine just thinking about it now. Regardless, I was pleased to meet a fellow intellectual within. I asked them about the nature of their research. What is the nature of all that, that is? 
they asked, I assumed rhetorically. Just for a start, they noted. Three, there is a specific power structure within SCP-2264-B involving entities that, based on description, could, be e could easily be considered some of the more dangerous reality benders known to the Foundation. The Wandsmen of Kul Manas warned of individuals that should not even be approached lest we draw undesirable attention to our reality. There are, or were, four masked lords who directly oversee Dashby. That's a real Dark Souls vibe right there. <laughs> the Black Lord, wearer of the Anguished Mask. The White Lord, wearer of the Diligent Mask. The Yellow Lord, wearer of the Odious Mask. The red, the red Lord, wearer of the Mirthful Mask. I have to look up the word odious again. Like Extremely unpleasant and repulsive. They were said to be the chief advisors to the King of Alagada. They continued to warn that I not be fooled by their names, each just as terrible as the other. I've seen the Masked Lords always at a distance, all except the wearer of the Anguished Mask. I was informed that the Black Lord was the victim of a political struggle some time ago, the reason never known if reason existed at all, and cast into some dreadful dimensional backwater. It would only be a matter of time before they returned. The insidious glamour of the city-state disguises a dreadful truth. When the Wandsmen had difficulty expressing in words, they stated that most outsiders came to this place to seek a boon from the King. They refused to speak any more of this entity, and suggested I avoid the Ambassador of Alagata as well, before politely taking their leave of me. So he what? was mentioned in the play! He is the one who comes out in the play and everyone kills themselves immediately after. Ooh, that's so interesting! I wonder where... I wonder. This is all ties together. This is what's so cool about the wiki for me, yeah. that people can tie other people's things together that aren't the same author, and it still clicks and is really cool. Um, I decided that I decided the time to report back, gathered the others, pulling a few from the writhing mound of masked transdimensional entities. The first door we entered was the one to return us to baseline reality. I suspect Dash B is a dimensional nexus connected to countless worlds across the multiverse. Every door used within Dash B is connected directly to Dash A. If there are other gateways like Dash A, I suspect them to be currently sealed. Which probably implies we should be doing the same for containment. What was our containment procedure again? Don't go in there. <laughs> <laughs> so, Dr. Dr. Navarez was commended for his initiative. A psychological evaluation determined it safe for him to re-enter in the near future, although it's been requested that he use a more professional term with regards to his reports. <laughs> yeah, it was very flowery language-wise. Future operatives will be screened for higher than normal levels of activity in their parietal lobes while in a state of altered consciousness, sleep or otherwise. The Wandsman of Kulmanas has since been classified as Dash 2 and is considered an invaluable source of information. The Masked Lords of Alagada have been classified as Dash 3. So the Wandsmen are like the helpers. He's, it's help. just one guy. It's the, oh. the Wandsman. But he like guides you and answers your questions. I guess he's just a guy hanging out there. <laughs> yeah, he's just the fucking astral wizard. So I'll, I'll take over again. Are uh, you sure? Yeah, sure. I believe Dash yep. 2 is the only entity we might truly trust in Alagada and sort him immediately. The city contains thousands, if not millions, but Dash 2 stands out and appears to have a strictly scholarly interest in Dash B, most especially the palace library. I wonder if, if Dash 2 is actually just uh, the, the man, the Earl. Maybe. I, what if he's just like from an alternate foundation hanging out? 
That would oh, an alternate administrator. <laughs> the collection was impressive and could have been infinite in size for all I knew. There was no visible end to the room, the corridor stretching long into the horizon. I wandered the seemingly endless hall, Agent Quamrell and Dr. Yu at my side, in search of Dash 2. I scanned for a few grimoires and scrolls, the alien signals failing to translate, leading me to suspect that no earthly translation was possible. In time, we found Dash 2, affable as before and expressing concern about her well-being. Aww, Wandsman, hmm. best boy. I asked that they elaborate and I write their response as best as my memory allows. The ambassador of Alagada will soon return from Aditum, and only the mad shall remain. I suggest you leave post haste, for I intend the same. Oh, is he is he in our world right now? I don't know. Aditum. Um, I think that's something else that we might run into later. Or else maybe maybe he was killed before he could get away. I thanked them for their warning and declared that we will not linger for long. I asked them about Aditum. They replied, "A terrible city filled with equally terrible people." It is said that the Grand Carcist of Aditum serves the divines of an elder being, a horror thought to rival even the Hanged King of Alagada. Quaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaaa
The goal of the operation was to locate SCP-2264-4 and SCP-2264-5 and calculate the level of threat they represented to humanity, Earth, and local dimensional space. Twelve agents trained in hand-to-hand combat and counter-occult stratagems, COS, entered Dash A on blank, blank, blank at 0800. One agent returned alive. The rest are presumed dead or otherwise irretrievable. The interviewed, Agent Alexander Papadopoulos. Papadopoulos. Uh, Isn't this a name we've come across before? It's a common name. Papadopoulos? Papadopoulos. Is that actually a common name? It's a Greek name as far as what? Oh, my bad. I thought this was a specific doctor we've met before. Interviewer, Dr. Laxminarang. Forward. Agent Papadopoulos was found to be in critical condition upon their exit of 2264, losing consciousness soon after. A physical examination revealed fractured bones throughout the entirety of their body and extensive internal bleeding. After three weeks of hospitalization, Agent Papadopoulos was deemed healthy enough for interview. Did the person that write this, do they still actively write articles? Uh, not the moment, now. That's sad. <clears throat> Alright, who do you want to be? I'll be an agent. You're going to be the agent? Actually, yeah, you'd be the agent. I'll let you see how much she talks. Do you want to be the agent? Sure. <laughs> I, I'm asking what you... What I'll, be, I'll do it. I'll fucking do it. Let's get, continue. The viewers are... The viewers are <laughs> the subs- they're, all the they're unsubscribing! we got to hurry! <laughs> I know, Doctor. All right, I'm Doctor Laxmi Ring. Um, I know it might be difficult, but please tell me what you're able to remember. The city was remarkable. Command prepped us for it as best as they could, but words failed to do it justice. We all had the appearance of harlequins or something out of a 17th century masquerade. It wasn't exactly the same, but close enough. Couldn't take the masks off, hard as we tried. Arsene, no. <laughs> we I had- couldn't fix my shadow self. We had a mission to complete, but the details were quite vague. Vague? Find Dash 4 and 5. Get an estimate on their threat level. We were knew they were important to the SCP, but we had no idea what they looked like or how to locate them. Go on. Right. Well, we found the palace. Don't know how long it took. Time was kind of impossible to tell in that place. The city is full of people, especially that palace, but it didn't feel like being in a busy city in our world. There was something different about it, but I don't know how else to describe it. Not important, I guess. Didn't Think... feel crowded. I kind of, it's weird that I kind of get what they're going for. Yeah. Things blurred a lot. Everything seems to follow a sort of dream logic. Dream logic? Oh, I'm really giving my pipes a workout here. <laughs> you fuck <yeah. laughs> Yeah, I mean, it wasn't a dream. I'm certain of that. And I have the... You think I'm acting like he's injured, but this is just my throat now. And I have the scars to prove it. It was all real, but you ever notice how dreams rush through the details? You end up one place, but don't really recall how. It was like that. I remember the masquerade, the music, and the dancing. Oh, and the fucking. All of their masks on, of course. Still adorned with their masks. Seeing some of them nude made us aware just how much was an elaborate costume. Their skin was like porcelain. You could sort of tell those were the natives, you know, dash one. But the more you stirred, the less human everyone seemed. Some had too many limbs, some had too few, like, snake people. Still much monsters in an old fantasy comic I read as a kid. Sorry, rambling. Head hurts trying to remember. Uh, I can't move my arms and legs. What's wrong with them? The numbness is just a side effect of your medication. Please focus on my questions. Okay, if you say so. I, I remember having to pull Agent Maher away from some woman. It wasn't attacking him, quite the opposite. Couldn't blame him. She had curves in all the right places, made it easy to ignore her tentacles. <laughs> so the twelve of us stick together. Hard to not look like you're out of trouble with that many. Anyway, we wandered around the palace and it was like a labyrinth. 
I honestly would have been surprised if we walked into a minotaur or something. A minotaur? Yeah. We spent most of the time <laughs> descending the stairs, I think. I remember feeling like we were traveling deeper and deeper. And then, somehow, just when we thought we'd reached the bottom, we were back outside. It looked like we were exactly the same spot as when we first entered the SCP-B. Hell, we could all see the palace in the distance. But something was different. Everything was dark, drained of color, like we could see and all, but it was a hazy grey twilight. Streets were empty and the buildings looked ruins. Yeah, it was like the whole city was abandoned long ago. Desolate and silent, not a sound but our own footsteps. We entered this iteration of the palace, everything was identical, architecturally speaking. That was when we started to hear the whispers, spoken in a language I'd never heard before. I could feel it slithering into my ear, penetrating my brain. We... Crying noises. Uh, please, please continue. We destroyed ourselves. What? We didn't want to, but we had no choice. The ambassador of Alagada, it found us. It didn't have a face, no mouth, nose, or eyes. I thought it was wearing a skin-tight outfit and high heels. That is what it looked like at first, but no, that, that was its body. Its flesh was black. It stood tall, life, and androgynous, and so, so... Please, please, this information is important. Pace yourself. We can stop if... It stood so damn proud, just radiating arrogance. I couldn't understand a word it said, and yet every syllable dripped with narcissistic venom. It brought an utter hand to where a mouth should have been, and it laughed and laughed, and then we destroyed ourselves for its amusements. Bones were shattered, flesh and organs ruptured. All for its amusement we ruined ourselves in body and mind. And the whole time we screamed and begged, yet only silence parted our lips. I'm so sorry, I tried to say. I'm so sorry. Their eyes pleaded for mercy and asked for forgiveness. In the end, I was the only one left alive, surrounded by the corpses of my ravaged friends and comrades. I understand now. The ambassador needed a witness, one to deliver its message. To tell you this, and... I'm waiting to hear Tanhony hyperventilate. line. Please continue. I watched the ceiling move as it dragged my broken body from room to room. Eventually we stopped and it lifted me into the air, held me up before the throne. There I saw the king. It was anchored in place, hallowed bonds around its corpse like hands and throats. Its face hidden beneath a veil. In, in the court of the Crimson King. Impish creatures crawled all over it, caressing its twitching body as if intended no. comfort, while others pulled the tethers even tighter. The king trembled and quivered, and I saw pale tendrils sliver in and out of its tattered robes. I looked on as the veil was lifted. I want to die. I can't live with what I've done. Please, kill me. And this, I can't feel my legs, I can't feel my arms, not like this, not like this, please, I'm begging you. No, I am not allowed to do anything of the sort. Please tell me what you saw. A god-shaped hole, the barren desolation of a fallen and failed creation. You see the light of long-dead stars, your existence is nothing but an echo of a dying god's dreams. The unseen converges, surrounds you, and it tightens like a noose. Oh, that gives me the chills. Ah, uh, you did some heavy lifting, so let me clean yeah, up these please. last paragraphs. You finish it up. <laughs> Operations involving SCP-2264 suspended until further notice. 
The agent's request for termination has been denied. Due to the considerable damage suffered, amputation of both arms and legs was deemed necessary, and subject is no longer able to perform most biological functions without the aid of life support systems. That seems cruel. They terminate people for literally anything in SCP. And the one time he's like, please kill me, they're like, no, we're just going to cut off your arms and legs and make you an unkillable blob. That's so fucked. He is to be restrained for his own protection. Despite his loss of limbs, suicide attempts have been made and thoroughly interrogated for all possible information related to 2264. Due to his contact with Dash 4 and Dash 5, he is to be quarantined and carefully observed for signs of anomaly. Agent Papadopoulos has refused food and water, requiring the use of feeding tube. Addendum. 2264 was discovered accidentally during the refurbishment of Martin Tower and blank blank blank. The Foundation was contacted by the representatives of the Crown due to the suspicion of a potentially anomalous artifact based on the writings found within, since attributed to Henry Percy, 9th Earl of Northumberland. Discovered among his notes was an unsent letter intended to be received by Christopher Marlowe, famed poet and playwright. The letter is dated 30 May 1593, the day of Christopher Marlowe's unsolved murder. Alright, and I'll read this, it's pretty short, I can handle it. To my singular good friend, may this missive reach thee ere tis too late. Twas thou who urged against my building of the Janus Gate. My insult was cruel, having deemed thee foolish and ignorant of the sciences. I prithee forgive mine arrogance. Twas thou who suffered the evil to which I was blind. I showed thee the other ordinary, and allowed the secret of darkness to coil around the cinder of thy beautiful heart. I was blind, but now I see... Uh, excuse me. Oh. I beseech thee to burn that accursed play. Oh. Uh, this is a, I'm almost positive it's just going to say referring to SCP-701. Yeah, this should be investigated. I assume that's the Hanged King's tragedy. Mm, yeah. And turn it to ash. Thy patron seeks to corrupt and defile. Whence he cometh, there are things that simply should not be. Things was capitalized, by mm. the way. The ambassador shall exploit thee as they did us. I have sealed the Janus Gate so that only the enlightened may enter. May they have the wisdom to see what I could note and the power to slay the wretched king within. Damn that metropolis of blood, that terrible realm and its ancient countless crimes. Consign thy play to the fire, deny thy vile patron, and, an and anoint thee from this madness. We would fain welcome thee back into the night. So this is really cool, because this implies to me that if this dude hadn't been murdered and received this letter, then the play never would have circulated. Yeah. But I imagine he was killed, the play was stolen, and then it was reprinted and circulated. Well, maybe, like, he was gonna burn it and, like, the ambassador fucking got him. Yeah, the ambassador's like, oh, oh die! No, no, no. Alright, that was really long, but it was also really fucking good. Yeah. This honestly might be my favorite one I've ever written. Brilliant narrative. Wow, you wrote it. An evocative setting. I really love how it effortlessly ties several SCPs and ideas together. And I didn't check. I'll have to check. I know you said it didn't, but I think the dates do line up given how intertwined the play is with this. Mm. Overall, honestly, I think this is a really fucking cool article. And um, I would give it maybe the first ever 12 out of 10. Wow. <laughs> the rating scale is just meaningless. Well, I agree. <laughs> I'm just trying to imply that it's 120% perfect. Wow. Big praise, big praise. I, I just, it's really brilliant, and I wish Metaphysician was still writing. This is a beautiful mm. piece. I loved every minute of it. Um, it, it like, and, and, and this is how I know it really got me. I often, I have ADHD, so I struggle keeping up, so that's why longer articles are often a slaw for me to get through. But uh, midway through, there was a point where I just got entranced, and the time seemed to fly by, and I didn't care anymore. 
like I did with the other ones. Just honestly amazing. I loved it. It deserves way more attention than upvotes. Uh, I'm not going to tell you what to do, but everyone, you should read it for yourselves when you have the time to catch all the little bits. Uh, it's SCP-2264. Just really fucking good. Very good. Yeah. Um, so I know there was a fourth. How long is the fourth? If it's short, I'll tackle it. It's a longer it's like... one, so we'll save it for next episode. Definitely can't do it then. I'm out of steam. We're definitely an hour and a half in by now. Yes, we are. And um, I, I feel like that's all we got for today. So, um... oh, there are a couple things I want to bring up. Oh, the the, we're going to the bug zone? Yes. Whoa! Plug zone! You have to let me. You have to let me do the jingle before you start. So by the time this episode comes out, it will be the twenty fifth, which means there are only five days <laughs> left in the contest. As of recording, it's the twenty second. Only eight days left, and only one person has entered. We have a winner. So they're just gonna win by no. We don't announce till the thirtieth. Don't give them the wrong idea. I'm sorry. So if you have any intention of entering. I highly recommend you don't procrastinate because we will not be looking at entries after the 29th on midnight BST. That's TAN's time, British Standard Time. So that would be 6 p.m. CDT on July 29th. CBT, um, did you say? No, CDT. <laughs> Central Daylight Time, uh, et cetera, et cetera. You can do the time zone map from there. So please be aware and get a move on if you want to enter. Otherwise, we will have a winner by default. Nevertheless, though, thank you for everyone who's been making the fan work, even not as a part of the contest. We love to see it. It's really exciting. And yeah. thank you again for listening. If you stuck the whole way through, comment down below, Tan is a wiener. Hold on, what? You heard me. Uh, so, And also, comment a congratulations yeah. to Darnell for climbing out the well. Yeah, I climbed out the well. Oh, and, um, oh crap, I had something else I was going to say. Right are we done with the plug zone, by the way? No, no, I had something else I was oh. going to say, but I can't remember. What was it? Because if we're leaving the plug zone, i got to do the exit jingle. Uh, well, it was going to be in the plug zone, but I can't remember, and I don't want this to stretch on, so whoop, go ahead. Whoop, whoop, whoop. Now leaving the plug zone. One day we're going to get someone to make an actual jingle for it, so Tan doesn't just make mouth sound effects. How dare you. How dare you. Do you have anything else to say? Have you maybe remembered that thing, or...? I'm trying my best. I can't remember, but I know it was semi-important, but not important enough that like we'll die if it's not mentioned. Comment down below what you think it was. <laughs> yeah, give us your best impressions. Uh, with that, thank you for listening, everyone. My name was Tanhony. Yeah, it was Tanhony. Now it's Percy. My name's Percy. I'm the and devil. My, and uh, my name was Darnell, but now I am God. Badass. Bye. 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 Okay, we stopped oh, recording. Oh, I don't remember what I was going to plug. Wow, I didn't actually stop recording. That was a bit, but go on. Oh, um, I was just going to say Tanhony is still up, uh, updating his Aetheral Space. Check it out in the Aetheral Space channel in our um, Discord server, which should be linked in the description. Or um, if you're willing to wait, it'll eventually be posted online. Or you can just start listening to our Aetheral Space videos because they're epic style. Nice, nice. Thank yes. you. Okay, bye. Bye. Okay, we actually stopped bye. recording this time. All right. <laughs> just, just, just kidding, we didn't. Bye.